0: It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book, and we're certainly glad to welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is brought to you by Christian people that believe the Bible to be the Word of God, and who appreciate its power and authority. My name is Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege to be your Bible teacher each week and uh, host of the program. So we want to welcome you again, and uh, get, invite you to get your Bible, and, and study along with us. Our purpose here is to help you to understand and enjoy the Word of God for yourself. You know when you look around the um, the landscape of, uh, of Bible study in Christendom, everybody you know in the Christian faith professes to believe the Bible. Professes uh, more or less to go by the Bible. It's our textbook. Uh, the great Protestant statement through the years is that the the Bible is the uh, sole authority for all matters of faith and practice. Now, most people don't don't uh, abide by that. Some people make the Bible the, their their their. Uh, uh, well, one of their authorities for what they believe, most people don't make it the authority for what they practice, and certainly not the sole authority for what they practice. People like to, you know, put circumstances and emotion and tradition and scholarship and, and uh, what Grandma taught them and all that stuff in, too. But what we're trying to do here, what our purpose is, is to help you to understand God's Word for yourself. So that you can stand on your own two feet spiritually, like an adult in the family of God, and know for sure where you are and what you're doing spiritually. Uh, well, you can grow up and to be an adult and and serve the Savior based upon the a full understanding, an adult size understanding of uh, of who you are in Christ, what He's doing, and your part in it. Ephesians chapter 1, he talks about he's predestinated us to the adoption of children. The term adoption in the Bible is not, it's not like the word we use. The word adoption in the Bible is to be placed as an adult in the family, and what God wants for his children, those that are born in his family, is to be adults. And you only get that way through an understanding of God's Word. When you look about, you look about the, uh, on the scene of Christendom, it's fascinating. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul tells the Galatians, he said, if you're not careful, you're going to bite and devour one another. <laughs> and that's, You look around Christendom, and boy, you see people biting and devouring one another constantly in family feuds. One of the great areas of, uh, of argument, division, contention, Aggravation is the topic of baptism. I remember years ago, a man told me, says, Ricky, if you ever want to get a fight started, you just bring up two topics, one of two topics. Either bring up the topic of predestination and election, or bring up the topic of baptism. And in any group you're in, you can get in a fight over election and predestination, or you can get in a fight over baptism. All you got to do is bring them up. J.C. O'Hare, back in the uh, early middle of the last century, pastor at a great church in Chicago, North Shore Church, and uh, he he used to say, he wrote a book entitled Religious TNT. (laughs) And what was it about? It was about baptism. Because if you want to get a fight going, the topic of baptism will get it for you. Because every denomination, every branch of Christendom has a different view about baptism. And it's easy to understand why that's true when you begin. You come to the scripture. If you say, We're just going to speak where the Bible speaks and silent where the Bible's silent. Well, that's a good idea, but if you don't rightly divide God's word, that's going to only cause more confusion. For example, Ephesians chapter number four, verse number five. Paul says, "There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism." There's only one Lord. There's not thirty or forty different for, for the believer. There's only one Lord. Now there are a lot of lords in the world. Okay, There are a lot of gods, there God, Lord's many and God's many, 1 Corinthians 8, talk about but they're not the real one. There's a, for a believer, we understand there's one true God, and there's one true Lord, Jesus Christ. There's one faith. There are a lot of different denominations, there are a lot of different doctrines, there are a lot of different religions, but there's only one true faith for the believer. And there's only one baptism for the believer. There are a lot of different ideas. By the way, in the Bible, there are a lot of baptisms. Did you know there's there's at least 12 different kinds of baptisms in the Bible? For example, Matthew chapter 3. Here's three in one verse. Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist is talking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. So there's a water baptism. But he that is mightier than me, he that, is come, that cometh after me is mightier than me, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. That's the Lord Jesus. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's the second one. And with fire. That's the third one. So one verse you got water baptism, baptism with the Holy Ghost, and baptism with fire. Three different baptisms in one verse. And Paul says, well, there's only one baptism. Now, if you wanted to get confused, that would confuse you. Now, if you want to get over that confusion, some people, you know, they just take two aspirins and go to bed, wake up the next morning and just ignore it. You can do that. But which one of those are you going to make? Are you going to make the one baptism in Ephesians 4 5? Don't run to your preacher. Don't run to your denominational handbook. Don't say, well, my church teaches. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to understand there's one baptism and then Jesus lists three in one verse? well there is an answer to that the answer is is in understanding how to study the Bible there's one verse in your Bible that tells you to study it and I've become convinced that the reason there's only one verse that actually says study it is because that one verse tells you how to study it and because that one verse tells you the one divinely uh, sanctioned authenticated way to study it he doesn't want you to the Bible doesn't want you to be um, confused about it now, the Bible talks about studying other things, but when it comes to studying the Bible, Second 2 Timothy 2.15, study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, when you rightly divide the word of truth, you notice what that says. It doesn't say rightly handling, properly handling, properly observing uh, uh, the word of truth. I know a lot of new Bibles say that, but that's not what the text says. The verse isn't talking about dividing truth from error. Rightly dividing the word of truth means that in the word of truth, in the word of God, there are distinctions and divisions that God himself has made in his word. And you are to properly, rightly recognize, you're to study your Bible, recognizing the divisions and the distinctions between things that God has placed in his word. Now, one of the things one of the places where this is an issue is in the issue of baptism. Because if there's a place where there are three baptisms in operation in one verse, and there's another verse that says there's only one baptism in operation now, then obviously there there is more than one program in the Bible in, in, in regards to baptism. And if you study baptism by the numbers, you'll see this. Matthew chapter 3... And verse number eleven lists three different types of baptisms, none of which, by the way, are the ones Paul's referring to in Ephesians chapter four verse five. Now that's kicking the seat of the pants, isn't it? That means that that's four but I said it earlier there are at least twelve different kinds at least seven major kinds of baptisms. For example, first Corinthians ten, uh, verse one and two, he talks about the nation of Israel when they came out of Egypt through the Red Sea, that they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And nobody, you know, I, you say baptizing, a lot of people go, water, because the only baptism some people think there is is water baptism. Well, when Israel was baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea, First Corinthians ten two, that happened at the crossing of the Red Sea in Exodus 14, nobody in Israel got wet. Pharaoh got wet, and him, him and his host drowned. So the dudes in that baptism that got wet were lost. So there's a dry baptism, there's a baptism without any water associated with it at all. First Corinthians ten two. Here in Matthew chapter three, verse eleven, only one of those baptisms has to do with water. One has to do with being baptized with the Holy Ghost, and the other with fire. Now that obviously doesn't sound like a very good one. Now, to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. To be baptized with fire is what he talks about in verse 13 of Matthew 3, whose fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's talking about when Jesus Christ comes back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's talking about the baptism of fire that takes place at the second coming of Christ when he purges his floor of all unbelievers and burns them up with unquenchable fire. He, he rids himself, his, his kingdom, of unbelievers. That's the fire of judgment that takes place at the second coming of Christ. Now, the first one if you go with me to Acts, uh, well, the, John's baptism. Let's talk about that a minute. Come over with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 1 and Mark chapter 16. The book of Mark begins and ends with this baptism. I indeed baptize you with water, John the Baptist says. But well, what, was, what was John's baptism? What was his water baptism? Mark 1 verse 4, John did baptize in the wilderness, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of. Of sins, that's why they call him John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, and he baptized for the remission of sin. He preached to the nation Israel. If you come to Acts chapter number ten, when when Peter, I, I'm sorry, you know, it's Acts thirteen, when the apostle Paul is describing the ministry of John the Baptist, Acts thirteen twenty four when John had first preached before his, the Messiah's coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Here's a water baptism focused on the nation Israel, calling the nation Israel to repent of their uh, breaking of the covenant that God made with them. And the outward expression of that repentance was the cleansing, the ceremonial cleansing. God told Israel back in, um, in the book of Ezekiel Chapter number thirty-six: How they could be cleansed from their 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 idolatry, and how they could be cleansed from their their failure. He said to them in Acts thir- uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty-six, verse twenty-five: For I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you should be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. That's a ceremonial cleansing from idolatry, from false religion that had come into – they were separating themselves away from all the false doctrine that assimilated into being the holy priesthood that God had made them to be. First Peter chapter 3, when he talks about this baptism, he says it's the answer of a good conscience to God. This was a ceremonial cleansing of the nation, and it was for the nation's repentance – forgiveness of the nation's sins. Now – John the Baptist preached that baptism. Jesus Christ, in Mark chapter 16, when you end the book of Mark, he gives his apostles a commission that they're going to carry out in the book of Acts, and here's what he said to them. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, that's the gospel of the kingdom, to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So Peter sends the, the apostles out to preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And notice what he says. He says way too much for most for most people. He says, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." You see, that is a baptismal salvation. You ever heard people say that you had to be baptized to be saved? Sure, you have. If you've listened to, Don, there are a whole host of Christian denominations that say you have to be water baptized to be saved. Why do they say that? Well, Mark 16, verse 16, Jesus said that. He's just telling them what well, John the Baptist, the baptist of repentance uh, are for the remission of sins. You see, water baptism in the Bible is associated with people having their sins forgiven. It's a ceremonial cleansing. The, the blood of bulls and goats can't take away sin. Water can't. But it was the expression of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the, uh, the 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 thing that was happening for them. It was separating them. It was cleansing them from disobedience and uncleanness. And they had to be water baptized, Jesus said, in order to be saved. He that believeth not should be damned. If you don't believe, listen, without faith it's impossible please God. Don't make what you do if you don't have faith. But if you had faith, what would you do? You'd do what you're told. Now, that's why Peter on the day of Pentecost, when they... You know, the men of Israel came to him, Acts chapter two, verse thirty-seven. When they heard this, they were baptized. They they, they were pricked in their heart, and said, Peter, unto Peter and the rest of the brethren, uh, the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I know that verse goes, you know, heartburn to to some people when when they. You, if you if you believe that salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing, Jesus plus nothing is everything, uh, that verse is a problem because it says repent, change your mind about uh, about uh, who you crucified. He's telling Israel uh, that, and confess that uh, that you've crucified your Messiah and be baptized in repentance for the remission of sins. People say, well, they're being baptized because they had their sins remitted. Uh, you know, I. I <laughs> People run, you know, use the Greek word, the Greek preposition, ice, and all that stuff. We call it the ice bag. That's just nonsense. That's somebody wanting to take God's word and make it fit into their denomination. When he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, look at chapter 3, verse 19, Acts 3, 19. Repent you therefore, same guy talking, Peter, Repent you, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be, may be blotted out. Listen, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. That's the second coming. You know when Peter thought they were going to get their sins blotted out? When Christ came back. Acts 2, verse 40, he says um, unto them, with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this underworld generation. You think you can save yourself? Peter did. You see, that salvation is not the salvation you're thinking about when it says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, or by grace you're saved. This is a different salvation. You say, how the can that be, Brother Rick? Because it's a different dispensation. This isn't the program and the order that God has in operation for today. Now you'd see that when you look at Acts two, because when they're filled with, when they're baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ baptizes them with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter one verse five, he says, "John truly baptized you with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost." Not many days hence, that took place at Pentecost. Well, Matthew three eleven said Jesus was going to do that when Jesus Christ baptized the nation Israel, the apostles of Israel, with the Holy Spirit. That's not the baptism that you and I that you and I experienced when when that Paul talked about. When Paul talked about the one baptism, he wasn't talking about water baptism. That's for the mission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, Acts 2.38 is a problem because people want to make that be be baptized, water baptized so you can get your sins, from you know, because you have your sins forgiven. But they forgot the rest of the verses, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2.38, you've got to be water baptized, one, to get your sins forgiven, and two, to get the Holy Spirit, to get the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a it, it all fits in Israel's program. But when you, it's the problem, you don't have a problem until you try to make it fit on you and me. You know what you look around Christendom today and you find? You find about 95% of Christianity today thinks they're Israel, and they're back there trying to promote Israel's program. And even a bunch of evangelicals that know better than that still promote Israel's program. And every time you see someone practicing water baptism or being baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues in the gift program, every time you see that, you see somebody, you check it out and see. You're seeing someone who thinks they are Israel. and they're using Israel scriptures as the program that they're following. Paul, on the other hand, says through the fall of Israel, salvation has gone to the Gentiles. And when God set Israel aside, he introduced a new program with a new dispensation and a new apostle. And when you come to Paul, he says the baptism that you and I have, the moment you trust Jesus Christ by one spirit, not by the Lord Jesus Christ, but by the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized into the body of Christ? You see, the baptism today is, is the exact opposite. At Pentecost, Jesus baptized Israel with the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus Christ. That's why Romans 6, he says, don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death— Wherefore we're buried by baptism into death. Somebody says, well, Brother Rick, that that's not water. How in the world would water baptism put you into Jesus Christ? I mean, you know better than that. You know, I know preachers tell you that with a straight face, but you know better. You know to be baptized into Jesus. He's not here. And if he was, you couldn't get in him, except it'd be a supernatural thing. It's not a natural. It's not a physical. It's not an outward thing. It's, a, it's the operation of God. That's why Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 calls it, the operation of God. Oh, wow, what an idea, <laughs> what a concept. Where God, the Holy Spirit, takes us and places us into living oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ, identifies us completely and totally in Christ. You see the mechanics of getting into Christ, into the body of Christ, by one Spirit we all baptized into one body. The mechanics of getting into the body of Christ is by that Spirit of God putting us there. It's a supernatural baptism. You say, well, what about water baptism? Well, Paul talks about that one time in Paul's epistles. Go through some time and make a chart if every time baptism occurs in the New Testament Scripture, Matthew to Revelation, and make a chart of them and, 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 and put them down as to which ones they are. And you know what you find when you come to Paul's epistles? There's only one reference to water baptism. Here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14. I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Now think about that. If Paul had been commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ with what with the post-resurrection commission, Matthew 28, where he sent him to baptize, Mark 16, where he sent him to baptize, if Christ had been commissioned by what you know has become known as the, 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 the Great Commission, he would be saying, I thank God I didn't obey the Great Commission. Lest it imagine to say, I baptize in my own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus. So he did baptize Crispus, Gaius, and the House of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. <laughs> don't let that get out. The preachers that baptize people and think you should water baptize people brag about it. They list it, they have it. Paul said, I can't I, I don't you know my records don't tell me that. Why? For Christ sent me not to baptize, that is to water baptize, but to preach the gospel. Well, then, water baptism wasn't a part of the gospel Paul preached. It sure was back then, in Mark sixteen, wasn't it? They all uh, to, uh, to preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believes the gospel and is baptized shall be saved. You wouldn't believe and be baptized unless you were, pre- you were told to do it. Water baptism was a part of the gospel of the kingdom. That's the reason Peter in Acts two thirty eight says it was. Paul said not part of my message. You see, Paul had a new program, had a new message, and it was it, it, it was part of. Uh, a program that was there before him, but his program his program was not that God's going to cleanse the nation Israel and set him up in the kingdom. He'll do that one day, but he's postponed that so that he might do something different. And if you want to understand the clarity of what God's doing, if you want to understand how to answer the, the uh, contention and the fighting about water baptism, it's to recognize that it belongs to Israel and her program. It was a means of identifying the Messiah to the nation of Israel, and gathering that, the believing remnant around him. It has no purpose today. The program today is that by one spirit are we' all baptized into one body. The one baptism by the one spirit into the one body is what our program is. And the only way you're going to see that is by understanding how to rightly divide the word of truth. Can I offer you a free Bible study? It's entitled Four Keys to Bible Understanding you need to understand God's Word for yourself. Don't take it from me. search and see. But use the key that God gives you. And there are four simple little keys that you can understand, you can trust, and you can use to open up the treasure of God's Word, get the profit out of it. He's put in it for you. You can do it for yourself. I want to help you to understand and enjoy God's Word. Four keys to Bible understanding. You let me give you that that Bible study. I'll even pay for the phone call for you to get it. 888-535-2300. Call me here. 888-535-2300. And you request four keys to Bible understanding, and we'll see that you get your free copy. This is information we want to put into your hands, so we're trying to make it easy for you to get a hold of. 888-535-2300 is the number to call, toll free. You can also, write me, of course. You can use snail mail. We still use the U.S. Post Office. You can write me here at the Riches of Grace Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, one word, Illinois, 60108. You can write me at that, that address, and we'll be happy to see that you get this, um, this Bible study. Also you can find us on the in the on the internet. If you go to graceimpact.org, one word, graceimpact.org, you can find us. graceimpact.org. We have a website, there's a contact information, there's uh, actually you can listen to this program once again and uh, and and join us that way. Also on the website you can find how you can access our uh, our services live. We, our pastor, a church in the in the uh, Chicago area, and all of our services on Sundays and Wednesday uh, evening are webcast over our website. So, you know, if you if you'd like to join our our uh, happy band of fellowship around God's Word live, uh, you can certainly do that. And we have all all those studies also are archived. So, we're trying to make material available to you so you can study God's Word for yourself. You can learn God's Word, and then God's Word can go to work in you and be glorified in you, uh, as, as Paul prayed and, and asked that it that it would be. The easiest way to get in touch with us, however, frankly, is uh, if not the website, graceimpact.org, is just to call us. 888-535-2300. We have folks that are trained to, uh, to talk with you and help you out of the Word of God. You've got questions, we we'll would be glad to talk with you. Uh, sometimes people say, Brother Rick, do you, uh, uh, do you take prayer requests? I tell folks constantly that uh, you don't need me to pray for you. You don't need our people to pray for you. You have the privilege of praying for yourself. But if you have questions about the Bible, questions about uh, how God's working in His Word, we'd be honored to talk with you. And if you need uh, some comfort and someone to help you with some comfort from the Scripture, uh, that's that's what we're here for, and we'd be glad to do that. 888-535-2300 uh, is the number to call, and uh, um, graceimpact.org is the uh, uh, website. Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, six one zero eight is the 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 is is the, uh, the mailing address. Can I tell you that if you don't have a church to attend this weekend where the Word of God is taught rightly divided and the message of grace is the issue, that you're robbing yourself and your family, if you have one, of a great asset, and I can tell you that right here in the neighborhood in the community where you live, where you're listening to this radio program, there will be this weekend... Saints that gather together in a local assembly of believers, that and some some of the places where this program is broadcast, because it's broadcast in a number of different markets, there are numerous local churches, but at least one in every place this is this program is, is aired, because they're the ones that put the put the program on in your in your community where God's word rightly divided is taught. I'd like to put you in the, in contact with them if you'd like to be. When you call us, you ask about. The fellowship of saints in your area, and our folks that answer the phone will be happy and in uh, order to to put you in touch with them. The number again is eight 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 five three five twenty three hundred. And it's 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 one of those privileges that you have as uh, as time goes on to learn to work together with, with with other people in the ministry of the local church. By the way, if you're interested in in an in-depth study of God's Word, not just not just the the quick way we can study it here together, but if you if you really wanted to become a, a real serious Bible student, and you'd ever just wanted to 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 be able to study the Bible in depth for yourself, we have a three-year Bible study uh, Bible training program called Grace School of the Bible. In Grace school, of the Bible is available uh, on an extension basis, distant learning basis, through the use of, of, of uh, uh, the media, and we'd be honored, to, we'd be happy to tell you about that when you when you you call the number. If you've ever wanted to be a student of God's Word in depth, there's a design in God's Word for your edification. And it's a specific design, and the Grace School of Bible is built on that design. So you call us and ask about that, 888-535-2300. We'd be glad to get that information to you also. Thanks for being with us today. Just a privilege and a joy to be to be here and to have you here when we are. Until we meet this same time again next week, Maranatha.